to Emma's podcast. In today's podcast, I'm having another conversation, but this time it's with somebody. Well, okay, I'm intrigued. I have so I've saw a couple of pieces of and we're gonna reveal who it is because people are gonna say, who in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about uh, Dr. Nicolas Hernandez. And I have seen two of his absolutely amazing piece of art. We are not going to talk right now about it. We're going to wait a little longer because if we do now, it's like the plot's going to unravel earlier. It's like a good <laughs> book. We need to build it up to it because I got a few things to say about it. Michael is with us again. Michael Camp again is with us. So I'm sure awesome. he, will, he will have a pleasure to say something about it too. So you are a sculptor at Champlain University. You receive a PhD Doctor of Arts from CES College of Educational Studies. You're a former teacher at Laguna College of Arts and Design. You studied at Art at Champlain University. You also taught at Laguna College of Art and Design. But here's something that to me uh, got my attention even more because, and Again, we're going to go back to a few things because I'm a curious person and I want people to know who you are. But um, I'm reading it that uh, you only started to sculpting until uh, you didn't start a career to sculpt until you were uh, 46, which is amazing. But we're going to go back in there too. Not yet, but we will. Um, I've but lost. Also, there we go. Uh, okay. Also, um, this is what amazed me, is that you got some uh, wonderful award. You got the Lorenzo in Magnifico Award in 2005 at the prestigious International Florence Biennale of Contemporary Art, a global art competition with 890 juries invited from 72 countries. So this is huge for your emergence sculpture, but this we're talking about in a little bit as well. You, uh, you work almost exclusively with wood, focusing on a cur curvilinear, oh my God, and I'm speaking in English on top, and like Sunday, all right, it's a challenge already, come on. Edges between positive and negative space and the lyrical lines of form. I must say, I have seen in pictures two of your sculptors and I am in love with them and I agree with that statement. But before we talk about it, I wanted to know why arts, why sculpture? What brought you to go in the art um, for you? What was the, the beginning? Is it because you had a background or your parents or it was an inspiration? What got you there to get that well, PhD? My father was, um very interested in the arts. He played music and he did uh, mosaic tile tables. And when I was seven, he took me to see a uh, Leon Salter, who at the time was a, a rather famous sculptor in Los Angeles. And I had one lesson, one day, and I, I made a little Madonna face and it turned out kind of funny, but that, um, experienced always stuck with me and my next lesson was at 46 years old and i'm 76 now so mm -hmm. what happened is i have a friend i would had a friend for 25 years who was a world famous sculptor thomas richard garcia masters mm -hmm. from the chicago art institute collected by the queen of england and and, and uh, many 
fabulous, amazing collectors around the world. And he also carved wood. I work with clay and uh, he made me learn figurative portraiture, Tom did. I, I wasn't very interested in it, but I'm so glad he made me learn it because it makes all my impressionist and minimalist pieces look so much more convincing. And he, for five years, I was with him every day for five years. And he cracked the whip. I, I, I couldn't draw that well. Now I can draw you from any angle. I didn't know that much anatomy. Now I know every muscle in, the, mm -hmm. in your body. He made me, uh, I didn't know much about art history. Now I do lectures on him, on art history. Yeah. And he made me read <laughs> lots of books, you know. Good. One day, yeah, one day uh, I asked him why I was so interested in the forms and, and the type of forms that I was, going, you know, leaning towards. And he looked at me and the next day he came in and he slammed a book down uh, about uh, Constantine Brancusi. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, he's Romanian, Brancusi, but so it, in Romania, his name is pronounced Brancush. And I opened the book and there were the forms, you know, that I was liking, that I was heading towards. And with Tom's help, uh, I finally, you know, refined my skills. And I'll tell you the first day I, I asked him one time uh, if I could, if he would teach me. And he's notorious. He um, is bipolar, schizophrenic, and manic depressive. Oh, lovely. Only in one yeah. day. But he's a genius. I know. But you have to <laughs> deal with that. <laughs> and he, he um, I was in his studio one day, and I remember walking down uh, in Laguna Beach, down by the ocean where I'd been living for so many years, you know, quarter of a decade. And I, I thought to myself, I don't have a career. I had a small plumbing business and I was a musician and I was having a great deal of fun. I mean, you know, the, the town is a wonderful town and full of beautiful ladies and beautiful beaches. And I was, you know, I had a lovely family, but I, I really had no career and I'm a meditator and one time I was meditating out in Laguna Canyon and I'll I, I was just finished up my meditation and I'm sitting on the floor stretching a little bit and suddenly a light bulb came on I remember it I'll remember it forever it was like a light bulb came on above my head it's like I know a world-class sculptor and I am a master with tools because I did an apprenticeship in plumbing in high-rise construction and I was number one in my class it was and if it wasn't for the construction work I wouldn't be the sculptor that I am now it taught me so much so I I, I, I saw him turn down a lot of people that wanted to study with him and uh, so I was a little anxious a little nervous and I said Tom do you think you could teach me because I'm good with tools and, you know, I, I love art. And he threw a fit. He just got up, lit a cigarette and started walking back and forth across his studio and making funny sounds like that. And then from across the room, he stopped and he pointed at me. And he said, if anybody could be a sculptor, 
you could, but you have to be my protege. And I said, you spell that with three L's or what? Protege, you know, I mean, I, I was <laughs> sort of <laughs> like, okay, just don't hit me because he's a big ex-Marine, you know? Uh-huh. And he can, he can look, he can seem real angry when he's off his meds and he, he can be kind of nutty. I've never really seen him hit anybody, but he can look angry. So I said, just, it's okay, it's okay, Tom. You know, and so the next day, early in the morning, I get a knock on the door and he picked me up and we went from Laguna Beach to UCLA to an, an art store that specialized in wood carving tools. And he bought me a mallet that I still use today. And mm-hmm. I bought all the other tools, the, the rasps and the rifflers and the chisels and all of the things, Japanese pole saw, all the things that a, a, a carver uh, would need. Yep. And from that day, then he showed me how to laminate a piece of wood. And um, mm-hmm. he said, what do you want to sculpt? And I was rather ambitious at the time. So I, I there was a, uh, a, a drawing that I had seen of a woman standing so, sort of like in the crucifix position yep. with her hands out mm-hmm. by her sides, nailed to the heart of two different men. And it was, uh, you know, he, he, he looked at me when I said that and he said, well, okay, let's start with a woman. And so he showed me how to laminate some wood and he showed me how to clamp it to a bench and then he made a, a, a mark on the back, mm-hmm. the arch of the back where it comes from the butt up to the back, you know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of arch. Yep. And he made a couple lines and he said, here, dig this out with the chisel. So I took the chisel and on the very first tap, <laughs> this will get me a little emotional. On the very first tap, I had an epiphany and I knew what that word meant right then i knew i was going to do this for the rest of my life and i knew i was going to be good at it (laughs) uh don't i can't tell you how i knew but i did i just knew Mm -hmm. and after two years of studying i sold the first piece that i ever sold i sold to an art collector for two thousand dollars and it was like what and then the guy spent five thousand dollars on having a coming out party for me, catered and people showing up in suits. And mm-hmm. I showed up all dusty and mm-hmm. dirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I, I'm a, a genius businessman, so much so that when my, the guy that bought the piece pulled out his checkbook and, and said, uh, how much do you want for it? And I said, oh, uh, and he just looked at me and he said, 2,500. And I said, no, 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 2,000. And he looked at me like I was crazy and he wrote a check for $2,000. And I walked out punching myself in the face because <laughs> what an idiot. Yes, <laughs> I just said, yes. I would have said, yes, please, thank you. Make it 5,000 actually. I wouldn't have said 25,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he probably would have. He probably yeah. would have, but yeah. that's just where I was at at the time and I, mm-hmm. you know. I've learned I'm not that dumb now. <laughs> it's not, you know, for a business person, it's not that easy when you talk money. It's very easy when you know your craft, when you know your art, wherever you are in life, if you're an artist or not, 
But when it comes down to money, it always people are not as savvy or they don't know how. So for me, it's like that was a learning curve for you. But I would like to go back a little bit further because you said um, you went with your dad and met uh, somebody where you did a drawing. But what happened from there? Because we jumped far, we did a big leap in the future. I would like to go back. Okay. And as well, a kid, what did you do? Okay. Uh, my father, that was one of the last times I saw my father until uh, I graduated from high school. I, he, he let, he, he, we, he didn't, I didn't see him after I was seven years old until the day I was graduating from high school. And I was in cap and gown going into the side of the auditorium to get my diploma. And he walked around the corner. And I, I it was like 10 years I hadn't seen him, you know. Wow. But my grandparents raised me. And okay. when I was nine, my grandparents, uh, you know, surfing was starting to be a, a thing, you know, yep. starting to be popular. Yep. And I walked into my grandparents and I said, and I knew they were going to say no. But I thought I'd give it a shot. And I said, will you buy me a surfboard? And they said, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, I was so thrilled. And, and but then I, they would take me down to the beach, to the various beaches. They would take their chairs, lay out a blanket, put a little barbecue there and just enjoy themselves, drink wine and watch me surf. So by the time, <laughs> by the time I got, into junior high school and high school, I was a pretty good surfer, which nice. I'm really grateful for that. It, it's mm -hmm. not easy. Surfing is difficult and you yep. have to be, you know, it takes, it takes time and a lot of effort. And, and the fact that they would take me for miles and miles to whatever beach I wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And so I was very lucky. So I grew up a surfer. And by the time I got to high school, we were, kind of the in crowd you know the surfers were the the, the, the cool people and yeah. and I, I got you know a cheerleader girlfriend and this and that <laughs> the other thing and uh, then I started to play music and actually at one point I had a full boat scholarship to play uh, classical guitar at UCI and in the what they call the plucked string department you know it was and... bass and guitar but I only did it for about a year because I was a hippie and I was into sex, drugs, rock and roll. All right. That doesn't go well with the classical now. Yeah. And, and I was sitting there straight <laughs> back playing could, the but, Renaissance, yeah. mm -hmm. but I did learn enough music so that I could follow my son's career. My son is a, a relatively famous rocker, a virgin recording artist years ago. They sold out every house of blues in the world from China to the States and Europe. Um, and he has a degree in composition from UCSB. So I, I learned enough to be able to participate, but I just went off and joined a rock band. A pretty right. bad one too. <laughs> we were terrible. You have to try. You never know. You have to try. I mean, yeah, and, and so, you know, one thing led to another. We were the hippie, you know, I did a bunch of traveling all over hitchhiking and just doing the hippie thing. Mm -hmm. and. Then I had my son, got married and had my son married my high school sweetheart. And we're not married anymore, but we're still absolute best friends. Good. Yeah. And so um, 
So you entered the workforce from there, or what did you do? Because you were a hippie, you had a child, you had you were in a in a band, but oh well, wasn't there like the Rolling Stone, but band <laughs> 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 anyhow. <laughs> so yeah. what happened next? Uh, well, I one day I went down to Laguna Beach, and you know we had gone to Laguna to surf and you know do different things, and I went to Laguna and I walked from Main Beach down towards Diamond Street South. And I went into every gallery, every single gallery. And, and Laguna has like, like 200 galleries, you know, it's an art town. Uh-huh. And so I went into every, and I remember um, one gallerist, she asked me, this lady asked me, she said, oh, please tell me you're an artist. Tell me you're a painter or a sculptor. Just tell me. And I, I said, well, no, I'm, I'm none of those things. But so then I, 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 I went down, so I crossed the street to the Oceanside and came back because it's about two miles. And I walked down and went into every gallery again on that, the other side of the Coast Highway. And that put it in there. So one day I was at a party in the canyon, in Laguna Canyon, and I ran into this guy, Thomas Richard Garcia, and somebody said, that guy's a world famous artist. And so he had just come to town and he was a, a Tex-Mex you know that's a mexican from texas yeah and he (laughs) sorry thank you for translating for people who do not know (laughs) yes he he came right up to me and we became friends because he was i was sort of a bridge to the rest of the town because by that time Mm -hmm. i was well known in the town um you know and i lot a lot of people in town knew me and my wife and my son and so tom and i became really great friends and he uh would do something he'd sell a piece and he'd walk around with pockets full of hundred dollar bills and he would just give them out to people that he thought needed money and I, we used to keep a shoe box and he would give me or my son just handfuls of hundred dollar bills and we'd put them in this shoe box and then when he would go nuts and, and get, go off his meds and they either arrest him or put him in, in the veterans hospital, the money, <laughs> you know, and, and I had a plumbing business. Now, yes. when I was walking in the first, you know, I told you I was walking, going into yeah. the galleries. I went into a, a record store, a place called Sound Spectrum. And I, you know, I was looking around and this guy that owns it said, you know, hi, what are you doing? What do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a plumber. He said, you're a plumber? And I had kind of shoulder-length hair. (laughs) Plumbers back then didn't have shoulder-length hair. And and he said, well, I've got a a, a faucet I need fixed and a toilet up at my house. And and he lived walking distance. So I did a couple little plumbing jobs. And he gave me uh, a a long playing, uh, you know, record, an album. And he gave me... uh, about a half an ounce of hash and $15. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I thought this. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like my kind of gig. It's like, yay. Sounds like my kind of gig. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what in the world? It's oh. just, it, was, it was just wonderful. And um, so uh, at that time, there were a lot of, of dope dealers, mm-hmm. dealers in Laguna. And a lot of them didn't like each other, but they were all remodeling their homes because they had made a lot of money. Yep. So 
they trusted me because I was a plumber that had long hair and smoked pot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I, I made a fine living. I made a lot of money, you know, and it got to the point where I wouldn't even take a job unless it was right on the ocean or on a, had a beautiful view. I, I was like, you know, and if the surf was up, if the surf was up, well, the plumbing job had to wait. Because That's, you know it's you know it's hilarious you're the first person who hearing i'm hearing i just will only take a job if i'm by the ocean sorry people if you're too far that i am not interested to do the job i have my surfboard in a car or in a van ready to yeah, go that, that's good that's how we lived and and it was in i, I did a a pretty good living and then one day unfortunately on one of the jobs a friend of mine chopped off two fingers Oh yeah, right in front of him, right in I, like I I was looking at him. I was like two feet away from him, and he oh. had a circular saw turned to rip, but he had the guard up about an inch because he was really he was making cabinets, and yeah. he wanted you know the lines to be perfect. Yep. But then he hit a knot, and it like jammed his fingers into the saw, mm-hmm. and one hit the wall, and the other one was hanging on some kind of something about two feet from his hand we were right next to a hospital so we went to the, took him of course he screamed and it was it was horrible that next day i sold all my tools i just said no i'm not going to do it scared the hell out of me okay it just did and i i just was no 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 I'm, and i was making enough money by working with these other guys and selling a little pot and we would make pipes with beads on them and just hippie stuff yep but we survived and had a great time we had Mm -hmm. a blast i uh, actually did some babysitting for timothy leary's daughter um we were pretty wild back then (laughs) i must say by hearing it yes you were (laughs) yeah and so i i actually did go back to plumbing some you know some years later but okay. for a while, I, I, I didn't, didn't want anything to do with it. And it took a little while for me to get back on the horse, as they say. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, so, so. So you were doing your plumbing and as the year playing passed. Music, yeah, playing music. Playing music, enjoying life until and then Tommy you got an uh, uh, moment. Yeah. And then one time when I was meditating, out, uh-huh. like I said, a light came on it's like why don't i study that something i had no i thought maybe in five years i could maybe be in a show with tommy that was my first thought maybe okay. after five years of study but after two years i sold my first piece at three years uh we have a, a festival of arts in laguna beach mm-hmm. which it's a big deal here yeah so i took a few of my pieces down and they said, "Oh my God, you're—you don't even have to be juried in. You're—you're you're in. You're—we're you're, going to yep. put you in to yep. the Festival of Arts." And to me, that was just awesome. I went back to the studio and I said to Tom, "Tom, I'm going to be in the main festival." He threw a fit. <laughs> he said, "If you do that, you can't study with me." Uh oh. Exactly. He—he he said no. He said no, and I—I I was bummed but i had agreed to mm-hmm. follow his lead yeah so i said great and now i am so glad he did that because you know what he was doing 
yeah, and, and they, I've heard the people in the festival say things like, wonder what's trending today. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've never, that thought never enters yeah. my mind. Yeah. And by the time at four years, I was in the White House in Washington, D.C. I had yeah. made a high relief wood carving of Chelsea Clinton. And when Chelsea, I mean, uh, of Chelsea Clinton, and when Hillary yeah. Clinton saw the piece, she started to cry. Yeah. I think the only two men in the world that made Hillary cry are me and Bill. Well, I'd rather <laughs> be you than Bill. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, it's, I'm, I can't say that I'm a big fan of those guys, even though I'm a progressive a liberal and all that. No, but, but you know they, what? If somebody can appreciate your arts from me, it doesn't matter who they are. Well, if it's not somebody who's a dictator or a cuckoo for cuckoo from Moscow, AKA, we know who we're talking about, mm -hmm. then for me, you know, it, right. uh, it would be a compliment because you're talking to the human side of, uh, of them. Yeah, so yes. I think it's I, And to be in the, in the collection right. of the president, she was yes. still the first lady when yes. I, you know, I presented it to her at the San Francisco Art Institute. And when and she saw it, she cried. Not and only this, but you can say I'm a, I'm a sculptor and I was at the White House. I don't think yeah. there's a lot of people who can say their arts were in the White House. Exactly. And because Barbara Boxer, our, our previous senator before Kamala Harris, yeah. Barbara Boxer's daughter had married Anthony Rodham. That's Hillary's brother. Okay. So they, it, the gift came from them because ordinarily mm -hmm. when the president gets art, it goes into the presidential collection. They can't yeah. take it when they leave. Yeah. But because family had given it yeah. to them, mm -hmm. it's been at their home for the last 18 years. Lucky them, because the worst will be somewhere else. And yeah. at least they can see it every day. So when did you decide to do your PhD? Well, oh, I, I didn't. I had won, you know, the Florence Biennale medal. Yeah. The Lorenzo Al Magnifico di yeah. Medici. And Lorenzo Al Magnifico di Medici was the nephew of the head of the Medici clan. Yeah. And he's the one that discovered Michelangelo as a little five-year-old. Lorenzo El Magnifico was walking with a little entourage across a field. Uh, and there was a shepherd who had um, adopted Michelangelo. And Michelangelo was doing a, a, a little sculpture in stone mm -hmm. and with, with just rocks and some primitive tools, you know. And Lorenzo saw him and looked up at the shepherd and said, this boy is coming with me and he gave he gave him some money and then he put michelangelo in the art school in florence and he would he was just a genius as a matter of fact mm -hmm. when he was 12 he did a painting that was so good the headmaster of the school quit and he was so embarrassed that this 12 year old was so brilliant <laughs> and and michelangelo if you notice he 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 did the Sistine Chapel, but he didn't like painting that much. He was brilliant. He was a masterful painter. Yes. But if you notice, unlike Da Vinci, Michelangelo, mm -hmm. he all his paintings are all paintings of sculptures. Yes. Da Vinci was had science and political narrative. Oh yes. All that he stu stuff. He studied bodies and stuff like that, so he knew. Yeah. And, and yes. so did so did Michelangelo, but he wasn't. It didn't have that. He he just wanted to be a sculptor. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so when uh. Pope Pius, I think the fourth, I think it was, who the popes were different than he carried a four foot sword and killed a uh -huh. lot of men in battle, you know, and he sent his minions out, his legions to go find 
um, the best artist in the land mm -hmm. to do the Sistine Chapel. Yep. And so when the, the, his minions came up to Michelangelo and they, they said, well, we need a, a sample of your work. And Michelangelo kind of growled and grumbled and said, ah. and he pulled out a quill and a you know, piece of papyrus and he made a perfect circle and handed it to the soldier. And I mean, try it. It's not easy. It's really difficult. And the soldier took it back to the Pope. The Pope looked at it and said, he's my man. Uh -huh. That's who I want. Go get him. Yep. And so, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's uh, how, how he became into, a, you know, got to be so famous. But at, started working with Tom, you know, the first few pieces were pretty terrible. I remember the first face I made on that first piece I started. And I made a little face, maybe, oh, an inch and a half wide. And I said, Tom, look, this is the first face I made. And he, he, he had no expression on his face at all, nothing. He just looked at me with a deadpan look, just, and he picked up the mallet and he picked up the chisel and he looked at me and he stuck the chisel under the chin and popped the face right off and then put the chisel and the mallet down and just walked away. And, well, that was the answer right there. Yeah, and so it, he, he, um, you know, I, I, I heard a story of uh, Stradivarius, one of his students made a violin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stradivarius, and Stradivarius looked at it and smashed it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what he called You don't have to ask a question at this point. You're like, it's a yeah or nay, nay, mm, don't, no yeah. question asked. And when I picked up the piece that he knocked off, it didn't look like an ugly monkey. I mean, it was pretty bad. So, but you know, I, I now, now my face is a view, <laughs> but it took a while. It took a while. So you studied with him for four years or more? Yeah, so I, for five years, we were almost every day together, every single day. And so May I ask you, did you, where did you study? Were you in Laguna when you did your apprenticeship with, with him? Or were you somewhere else? Or did you travel with him? No, uh, in Laguna. Okay, so everything happened in Laguna. Okay. Yeah. So then after I won, I've won several medals. I got Best of Show at the Broadway Gallery in New York and Soho. And then I've got uh, an honorable mention at the Port Authority Sculpture Show in San Diego. Um, I'm... I'm now featured artist at the NAM show coming up in two weeks. Oh well, this is what we're, this is what we're going to be talking in a little bit. So I'm I'm keeping this one for the end <laughs> because I'm I telling know. you it's yeah it's it's, it's just uh, yeah it's it's yep. so, I I can hardly talk. It's about amazing. It. So, uh, I, uh, Dr. Mart uh, Dr. Martinez, a professor mm -hmm. from Chapman University, who is an art collector, and he owned a bookstore in Santa Ana. And I did my very first show at his bookstore. The very first show I ever did. I wandered in because I just thought I'd ask him because I, I knew other artists that would do shows at his bookstore. Okay. And he looked at a couple of my pieces and said, absolutely, you can do a show. So I did a show. Then he took me to Chapman when they did a show of his work, of his collection. And I put the piece Emergence after I brought it back from Italy. And I put it in the library there. And the president, Dr. Jim Doty, came down and looked at it and he walked around it three times, mm -hmm. looked at me 
And uh -huh. he said, this is staying here. Oh yeah, that's perfect. I'm sorry to say that's, that's. It was like, what? And they mm -hmm. paid me thousands of dollars for it. And they let me mm -hmm. install it, build up the, the pedestal and, and the, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And then, then they commissioned another one in wood uh, and they paid me for that so that so, it could be indoors. So the first one, what was the, um, the material? Okay, the material was high density foam with like 30 yards of uh, fiberglass mat and uh, 14 gallons of resin and 11 gallons of Bondo. Wow. And it was a plus, there was a, 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 a three inches of plywood on the bottom and some plywood on the top because you know that how it's narrow kind of at one point, but yep. under there, there's a bolt going all the way through. I had to do that for stability. Yep. And so I did and put another piece of plywood inside of it. I cut the mm -hmm. foam, put a piece of plywood so that the bolt would have somewhere to go. And yep. that held, held it all together. So the next thing you know, Dr. Doty commissioned me to do a bust of him. And that was a big deal. And I was suddenly doing lectures at Chapman. And uh, they put me on, they have a Holocaust museum there. Mm -hmm. And so they put me on a Holocaust prose, poetry, and art contest for middle wow. schoolers and high schoolers. And there were 14 professors and me. And all I had was a high school diploma, but I, I did have a five-year apprenticeship yep. in plumbing in the unions. But, you know, I had won a, a couple of medals and I, I'd been in the White House and all that. So they, they actually, then I did a, a bust of Dr. Ruben Martinez. Mm -hmm. So right now I had four pieces on campus and I was on this jury and the kids could write 500 words of poetry or 500 words of prose or do a drawing, a pencil, mm -hmm. any kind of drawing. Yeah. yeah. And they wanted an artist. So I, I'm when they start talking about the prose and the poetry, they were saying things like, oh, you know, we they were talking about the past participle. And oh my God, I'd forgotten all of that stuff, you know, all the, the grammar stuff. And so I felt really kind of weird, like, oh, I, I don't really belong here until it came to the art. And I pointed out so many things <laughs> that they didn't notice. And I changed a lot of votes because of, of the things that I pointed out. And they'd say, okay, well, what does the artist think about it? You know, and they'd ask me. So I did that for four years. And on the fourth year, uh, we did the jurying because uh, the people come from other countries and other states. Mm -hmm. It's a big, big deal. And the kids, it's really great for the kids because we track them. And um, they got 20% higher postgraduate um, degrees than the kids that didn't participate in. Wow. Yeah, because they, they, they had to read one book about the Holocaust and then watch mm -hmm. a video of a Holocaust survivor. And yeah, and the, 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 the things these kids, we'd get a packet a week ahead of time with all the prose yeah. and poetry. And I would be on the floor crying. Mm -hmm. Just because of the uh, amazing things that these kids would say. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and it, it was like, like this one kid, he was, uh, he had cerebral palsy and he had been in a wheelchair his whole life. He couldn't really speak mm -hmm. or anything. And uh, he was just in this chair. So they finally got a computer that, you know, could, he could, work with his eyeballs and and uh and and he could 
press a button or two with his yeah. hands. That's about all he could do. To their surprise, he was something like 12 or 13. He could read and write. He had taught himself to read and write. Oh my God. This, and his parents, nobody knew that. Nobody yeah. had a clue. They thought that they were going to have to teach him. But he had been observing everything around him. And, yeah. it, it, you know, stories like that were so mm -hmm. heartfelt. And so like this one Chinese little girl who had, you know, during the one child policy, she had been left at a train station in China and she lucked out and an, an American couple uh, adopted her. And so she was saying like, she would love to know who her parents were yeah. and, and where, but she, she had no possible way, way. Yeah. you know, so things like that were just, it was, it was not easy duty to tell you the truth. It was, oh. it, it was, it was wonderful. It was beautiful, but it was difficult. Yeah. So then we did on the fourth year, we did the jurying on a Thursday and they said, you're going to get a letter Monday or Tuesday uh, where you're going to be sitting for the award ceremony in Memorial Hall. Great. So on Tuesday, I was in my studio and a letter came from Chapman and I put it down and on my desk and they just said, oh, okay, well, this is where I'm going to be sitting for the award ceremony next week, you know? Okay, great. And I kept working. And then towards the evening, I poured myself a glass of wine and I sat down and opened the letter and it said, congratulations, you've been given a PhD. And I, I went completely haywire. I mean, I started crying. <laughs> I was shaking. <laughs> it took me 15 minutes to, I had a little flip phone for, for me to dial my son's phone number. I, Cause uh -huh. I was screwing up. I, I was just shaking. I couldn't even believe it. <clears throat> and I mean, directly to becoming a doctor. And the next morning I got an, uh, an email from Dr. Doty who said, let me be the first to call you Dr. Hernandez and to congratulate you. And I was like, well, I think I was still crying. <laughs> 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 and uh, I, I think I, 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 it was crazy. I actually went to, uh, they, they put me, in, I did cap and gown. And they put me in front of like 2000 kids because I was mm -hmm. up with all the professors and the deans and, mm -hmm. you know, and Dr. Doty and, and uh, I, they, and I even made a little speech and uh, I got a standing ovation from the kids because my speech was about a minute and a half long. <laughs> you know, it's hot. Everybody's in cap and gown. And everybody else, their speeches were like 15 minutes. And I was like, I remember what I said. I said, you know, I, I said, I started several letters to Dr. Doty to try and thank him, but I scrapped them all because words are not enough. But I said, I think the real thank you is in performance. And I will do everything in my power to honor this. Thank you. <laughs> they all cheered. <laughs> so uh, that was a major turning point in my life. I, I remember from on stage, I went to see my son play at this really great club he was playing at. And that night he said, you know, I didn't even know how smart I was, but my dad's a doctor. I guess I am smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and everybody. That's my stock just went straight up. 
okay, everybody thought, well, I was an art commissioner at the time, you know, I was an art commissioner for four years in Laguna Beach. Mm -hmm. And they didn't like me very much. There were seven art commissioners. And uh, because I often would, it'd be six votes to one, me being, I, that piece doesn't talk to me. That piece doesn't do it for me. Um, and they, they wanted to seem like a, a cohesive unit. So after I got the doctorate, I'm coming into the dais in the, at the city hall where we sit. And I, uh, the president of the art commission, we had a packed house that day. She was saying, as I'm coming from behind her to sit down and she was one of the people that didn't like me the most. She's saying, and you know, we have a PhD on our commission. <laughs> I wanted to kick her dog, but I, <laughs> but I wouldn't do that. But anyway, yeah, I, know. I was like, what, you know, you've been giving me the raspberries for three years and now, you know, all of a sudden you're bragging about me. And, but that's how it was because all mm -hmm. of a sudden everybody just, it just turned everything around. And, um, so that's how the PhD came. You know, it just came out of nowhere, kind of like this latest thing. I can't even believe it. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I've been really lucky, you know, with these awards. I went to Florence, excuse me. I know, immediately. That's why I'm looking at this because the Lorenzo in Magnifico Award. Not, yeah. It's not, it's, this one is a big one. It's huge. Uh, it's the Olympics of art. It's a gold medal. Yes. They actually yes. gave me a big gold, 24 karat gold yeah. medal. Yeah. <laughs> Picture of Lorenzo El Magnifico. Yeah. And um, so it felt like I was touching hands with Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt like that. You can full circle. Yep. And yep. Um, so when, uh, well, I, I I don't know what to say from there. <laughs> well, you know, so, okay, so you, you got your awards, you, you're moving forward. And uh, at this point, do you have an art gallery where you were able to display your arts or how people were reaching out to you? Yeah, well, right now I'm resident artist at Woods Cove Gallery in Laguna Beach. We just got mm -hmm. number one gallery. I've been sort of tasked. I've been asked to make it, help make it, a world-class gallery and my patron he's very wealthy he and his family are very wealthy and he he doesn't even care about making money at the gallery so much he does but not really because he has three daughters and they're 14 11 and 9 i think and he just wanted his daughters to be around fine artists so i brought in some really great artists some and i brought in unesco because i am uh Last year, I was asked to do a show mm -hmm. yes. for UNESCO. Yes. UNESCO is the, the, you know, the, the United Nations Education, yes. Science, and uh, Community Organization. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and UNESCO do a lot show. for uh, protecting arts and uh, sites and everything like that. And, well. Yes. And mm -hmm. the, so now I'm a member of, um, you know, I'm an artist for UNESCO. Okay. And we did a show at the UNESCO Center for Peace in Oceanside. And the reason it's down south there is because to UNESCO, the West Coast is from the tip of Baja all mm -hmm. the way to Washington, you yes. know. And so, and they're very active in Mexico. Okay. And uh, the, 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 the 
uh, Florence Biennale is also a United Nations show. And it's called A Bridge Across the Waters. And yes. um, so it, that's why it, it's such a prestigious award. I went there. Oh, one, this can I tell you a funny story? Please do. Okay. This is kind of silly. <laughs> I got to Florence, and all I wanted to do was not embarrass myself. Okay. And that's all I went there for. I just, you know, because so I arrived a, a, a day early. 42 people followed me and we rented a big, beautiful villa that was started in mm -hmm. 1640. It was so cool. We even had a ghost. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I like and, ghosts as long as they're nice to me and good. Yeah. So, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. So I get there and I, I spent the first night about a half a block. I rented a room about half a block from the Duomo. And, um, and then in the morning, my people started to arrive. So I went to the airport and we rented a couple of cars. They rented one for me specifically, and then one for everybody else to use. And we uh, got there fairly early to the villa. And, and it was like, okay, let's go. Our villa was just down the street from the Petey Palace, you know, the Bobolee Gardens. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first, our first stop it was the Bobolee Gardens at the Petey Palace. And they were having an exhibition and it was, the art was so beautiful, it made me sick. I mean, it's, it, I went, I don't deserve to be here. I am, this, this is wrong. Yep. I'm going to pack up my piece and leave because and I, not, yeah, I, I wanted to go home. I, <laughs> I, and I actually had something called the Stendhal syndrome. And Stendhal was a writer like 1850, something like that from France. Yes. Haven't read his work, but I hear he's good. He's good. And he went to Florence. <laughs> yeah, he went to Florence and he got sick and he was in the hospital, but he was like kind of a puny, you know, he, he was whatever, he was kind of sickly gentleman. Yep. And they have between Rome and Florence, about 200 people a year get put in the hospital because they're always the art types and they're overwhelmed by the art. Mm -hmm. So I'm, we, we go to the Petey Palace and then we cruise through the Boboli Gardens. Then we went to lunch and I'm like feeling ill, really feeling terrible. And they're saying, oh, it's jet lag. And I said, no, it's not jet lag. I don't get jet lagged. And I know this is wrong. And so after lunch, I made my way back to our villa. I went to bed about four in the afternoon, just sick at heart. I mean, really, you know, like sick to my stomach, sick to my, it was terrible. And <clears throat> So I woke up the next morning and I had to get up at a, and be at the Fortezza de Basso. That's a, a medieval castle where they hold mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the Florence Biennale. Yep. So I, I, I had to be there to meet my piece. Well, three pieces, you know, that were coming in. And so all day long, I'm waiting truck after truck after truck after truck came and my work wasn't on it. I didn't eat all day long. Oh my God. I was miserable. <laughs> And, and at nine at night, at nine at night, mm -hmm. on the very last truck, <laughs> so it's like of that. course, the very last truck, uh -huh. my work comes. Now, there's this huge warehouse, you know, enough to house mm -hmm. a thousand artists, okay? And there was, there was maybe 150 Italian people working on yeah. bringing the art and then creating it. There was maybe, oh, maybe 50 to 75 just public. And then there was maybe 50 or 75 uh, media people. And so I'm like, oh, God, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm just miserable. I'm, um, 
And so they rolled down my piece and, and I had built a cart, a, a crate so that the front opened down so that I could scoot it right out. Yep. So I opened it up and brought it out and everybody stopped and applauded. And just like that, I was cured. Just in an instant. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to eat. <laughs> yeah, now to eat, exactly. I was like, oh. in my oh. booth. Oh, God. And at the Biennale, the, 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 the Florence Biennale was, the director and founder was this fellow named John T. Spike, mm -hmm. uh, one of the world's uh, top art critics. He lives both in New York and in Florence, and he'd written a dozen books. And he, you know, everybody knew who John T. Spike was. And he had, he will give criticisms if you want, or critiques oh, yeah. for your art. So on the first day when I found that out, I signed up right away. I just said, okay, let's, let's see. see what it's going to do. Take a chisel and smash it or. Uh... Yeah. Or, or smash me or, or what, yes. you know, I, 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 I didn't, I was curious and I wanted to know, you know, what he thought of my art. So they, I was number 35 and they were going to do seven a day. So they said, you'll be on the fifth day. Okay. Right. Okay. So on the first day, the mm -hmm. very first day over the big loudspeaker, they said, okay, we were calling the first seven artists. That was you. What do you know? They called me. You're going to love it. What? No, no, yeah. no. Day five, people. You said day five. Yeah, That's you said on day five. No, was... what? So they told me to gather where up front, you know, with the reporters. And again, there's about 150 people, a bunch of reporters, a bunch of public, you know, and, and I'm there. And so we go to the first lady. She's a painter. And she wasn't bad at all. And he gave her a, a very nice critique. You know, he wasn't, there was no BS to what, you know, he was very yep. online yep. with what, you know, what he said to her and he, he gave her some suggestions and she said, okay. So then the next guy was a guy who was a, a, a surgeon from the, um, the States. And he uh, had been there the a couple of years before, because it's every odd year. Yep. And he had been there the previous time, but this time, he had one painting, one big painting, oh. with pictures of himself surrounding <laughs> the painting. John Spike right. went off on him. You <laughs> would not believe. <laughs> he said, "Sorry, <laughs> we you. We want to see art. This and, yes. and you know, like he's in front of his art, and he's sweating. And he, the, the the next day, he gathered his stuff and left. Left, left yeah." I mean, he really embarrassed him. Now, my turn. And I had to walk all this, like, couple hundred yards across uh -huh. the whole big area. Uh -huh. And I'm sweating. Now, well, yeah. like, God, oh, geez. Like, and we turn the corner, and he sees emergence. Uh -huh. And he says, oh, wow. Yep. Beautiful. Ah, so, again, I was relieved again mm -hmm. you know like oh good he's not gonna but i had shred me to pieces <laughs> yeah he, he didn't shred me to pieces and but then he did lecture me on one thing because i had two other pieces and they weren't contiguous they weren't um they were completely different and he said yes. in, in a show like this you really want your pieces to be contiguous you want yes. to have a series yeah and 
you know, Agreed. but he critiqued the other two pieces. And, and, mm -hmm. and at the end, I got to respond, you know, and I said, well, the thing is, I'm only like 14 years old as a sculptor, mm -hmm. and I don't really have a style. I've, yep. I'm just experimenting every which way that I can. Yep. And and then he, he's talking to the people now, to the other, because there were several artists, you know, and he says, okay, I still say it should have been contiguous, but in this instance, Nicholas pulled it off beautifully. <laughs> so yeah. that was that was great. And, and then when I my booth was as busy as anybody's booth, and my work is very primal. Uh -huh. you know, it's it's a uh, you know, and primitive is old. Primal is the information that's in every cell of our bodies. Yes, and and it, you know the the remembering of ancient forms. Uh -huh. And I call my work form poems. That's what I call my sculptures. So why the word emergence for the sculpture? Because I, I have to be honest with you, and we're going to move after that to the other two pieces that I would like to organize a heist and steal them, actually. I'm putting this on record, and I'm sure if somebody steal it, they're gonna, the FBI is going to go after me thinking I did it. I have not done anything yet, people, so <laughs> do not hold it. Something happened after I said that. I am not responsible for it, all right? But yeah. emergence, why emergence? Okay, emergence. One night I was in my studio and I had been working on a big piece. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a chunk of wood about the size of a basketball, mm -hmm. you know, that I had cut yep. off of this big, big piece yep. once I had determined how long it was going to be. In. And I had lost my way on the big piece because I'd worked on it for a couple of weeks. And I had learned by that time that it's okay. If, if I lose my weight, I put it aside and I do something else. And in a day, a week, a year, sometimes two or three years, it'll come back. And then I'll, I'll finish the piece. But I never, I never um, force my work because I learned if I force my work, it's my ego. And about 10 to 15% into the piece, it wakes up. Uh -huh. and it comes alive and I'm, I, 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 I just follow, I just follow and, and it, and because there's four elements to my work. One is my intention. Yep. Then there's the material and it has yep. enormous intelligence. And then there's the tools. Uh -huh. It has enormous intelligence. And then there's the sculptural process I've been trained in. <laughs> and it, yep. So every piece that I finish, Every piece that I finish, Emma, is better than what I thought I was going to do. And I, I, I started cutting on this emergence. And it was going to be just a study um, of, a, of a person squatting, you yep. know, with the, their hands and feet. And uh, mm -hmm. I made the, the bottom part so I could clamp it to the bench. Yep. After six hours, I remember that night, I would, I would about every hour, I would drink a beer and have a smoke. And, uh, and, and then and work on my piece, you know, and I was dancing, singing, crying, because I was by myself late at night, and I can be as crazy as I am when I'm alone, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's really, and, and, and it's very, so after six hours, I turned, I was maybe 20 feet away from it, and I turned and looked, and I went, oh, and my knees buckled, and I really did start to cry, and that piece was everything but the sanding it was there and it was better than anything I had ever imagined. But what it reminded me of was the emerging American attitude after 911. Oh. 
Right. When there's a lot of sadness, yep. but there's a lot of strength. And you don't want that sucker standing up pissed off because we have, as Americans, when we're angry and frightened, we do horrible things because we can, because we have the biggest guns, because we have the biggest reach. Mm -hmm. And we are sort of a don't mess with Texas kind of a thing, you know, where, and I didn't intend it, but that's what it reminded me of. And so it just reminded me of like somebody about to emerge, about to jump up. Mm-hmm. And the front of it actually almost looks like an atomic explosion. Yes, it does. And which is interesting because the last two shows I've done are called uh, Atomic Babylon Still Growing. Yes. And it's yep. about the um, uh, the people that have been irradiated, the, the atomic mm-hmm. veterans and their offspring, yep. mm-hmm. because it goes down, you know, several oh, yes. generations. Oh, yes. And so, and uh, my friend uh, started a... a, a a foundation called still glowing because she was radiated mm-hmm. when she was seven and she's had leukemia twice and all kinds of tumors and all but she's just world-class brilliant painter yeah. and so i asked her if she would show with me at unesco and she mm-hmm. said sure sure you know i'm lucky i've had some of the greatest artists on the planet that's wonderful to show yeah. with me and so uh, she said, well, should we call it Atomic Babylon or Still Glowing? And I just said, well, let's call it Atomic Babylon Still Glowing. She said, fine. I love it. Yeah. And it's... so now we're, the show is at Woods Cove and that's where Emergence is. But I'm, I'm, I'm having it painted uh, metallic gold. Well, you probably see it. Probably see. It I, I have a picture, actually. Thanks yes. To Mike. Yes. And I must say, because I made a comment on two other pieces, but even this one, when I... Um, enlarge the picture. I'm going to say this, and I said that yesterday to Michael when we had a conversation, that um, there's three pieces that I'm seeing right now, which I'm in awe, and I don't get in awe that often about art, except few painters, and I absolutely love, and I love what they're doing, and sculptures. My grandfather was actually a sculptor, but he was a mason, actually, but he did beautiful sculptures, too. So, I had, when I was younger, a few decades ago, <laughs> took a week and went to Paris. And, um, and I, I wanted to go and see all of the museum. So I did all of the museum. Um, then I could, there is one I could not put my hands on. I don't remember which one it was. But I end up actually at the museum uh, Rodin which is yes. in Paris, which if you go there, it's in some of the small streets, beautiful house, because this is where Rhoda and Camille Claudel lived there. Yeah, the beautiful that- old mansion. And I found in love with the hands. And it's Camille Claudel who made, who sculpted them in white marbles. Beautiful hand-sized hands. I got struck and I stayed for about 20 to a half an hour on the front of that sculpture, looked around, could not stole the piece, unfortunately, because there are people around. Otherwise, I would have steal the piece. <laughs> and I fell in love with the purity of the artwork. And it was so beautiful. When I actually uh, enlarged the emergence, I had the same feeling, goosebump, when I looked at it, it was the pure lines the, uh, the, I cannot explain, I would put both 
Camille Claudel, the hands next to Emergence and the two other pieces. And I will steal everything because it's beautiful. You have something Thank that you. is so powerful. And I, Jeremy, if I don't like the arts and I see, I will not say anything at all. I will say, oh, that's cute. But no, this is beautiful. This is absolutely that emergence. You can feel the power of that person. Yeah, Even I, though you could feel maybe the weight of the world, or the world comes down to that person, that person is ready to just stand up. Yep. And yep. that's so powerful to me that, as I said, the, the Camille Claudel's hands are amazing and are sent two centuries old, but those are beautiful, the most perfect sculpture I never saw in my life. That's how I felt when I saw those hands. When I saw your arts, as I said to Michael, I want this, this, this for Christmas. So he knows my Christmas list and it's kind of better to, <laughs> to stand up and he's not talking right now. He's probably having a heart attack and saying, that's not happening, Emma. I want this for Christmas. This is what I want. <laughs> All right. Well, I will I will go back to Paris and steal the hands later on. But right now, let's talk about this. Let's say the emergence. However, I want to talk to something big that is happening in a couple of weeks. And you're going to be at the NAM, which is called the National Association of Music Merchants. And it's going to be in Guggenheim in California. And you have made the most, oh my God, beautiful piece. I've, again, I've not seen it anywhere else. You, can, you cannot make it up. Those are the goddesses and those are guitars. There is a bass guitar and the oh, other I, one. I, get I just got a video just before this podcast of the right? bass being played for the first time and it plays beautifully oh, and it is, it is so beautiful. <clears throat> Mike, gorgeous. did you send her, uh, show her the pictures of the bass? Oh, I have them. I have oh, the six string <laughs> and I got both. I, that's why I'm saying last night I was giving my groceries list for Christmas. Michael's going to give me those. I don't yeah, care I, how. I fucked up, Nick. I, yeah. I fucked up. Pardon for the French guys, but yeah. uh, don't show beautiful art to people. No, no. Never art. do that to me. <laughs> At least I'm not participation. Yeah, you know me, Nick. I like to do a good presentation. So well, uh, here's some links. And then here's the art that's oh. uh, being recognized. Oh my and God. I put all of the pieces together in a little group picture. And yeah, it's, it's pretty powerful. <laughs> seriously, I, I saw the, I fell in love with emergence, but I fell in love with the guitars. And I do not play. <laughs> Thank God. You know, but oh my God. Okay. So, first of all, I need to ask you for uh, both of them, because both of them are absolutely beautiful. What wood did you use? Or what material do you use for both of them? Okay, I used alder. And alder is has very straight resin tunnels. So the sound comes through clean. And air, like with the Fender or the Gibson guitars, every Stratocaster, every Telecaster guitar is uh, alder. So uh, I was, I did a, 20 years ago when I did that guitar, I uh, became for about three months, I became an apprentice of the world's best guitar maker in Venice, John Carruthers. And he really taught me how to finish wood on, 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 a, on another level. And he really taught me about guitars. And the fact that I was, I can't say I am a guitar player because the guitar 
is like a jealous mistress. If you turn your attention away, she'll oh, turn yeah. cold on you right now. Yes. You, know, you, you have to be, <laughs> it's just the I, truth. That is a perfect well, analogy. But I have a question for you. You said you went and study guitar to, to make guitars. What well, was it? Yeah, how did well, how did that happen? Because I need to know. You jump right there. I want to know how okay. did that happen. Well, I have a friend, and he's a world famous classical guitar player. He kind of grew up at my house and with my son, and his name is Eric okay. Anderson. And he studied with Segovia for four years, and, yeah. and there was a time when he and I were kind of even when he was like uh, about thirteen and fourteen, and you know I, I was he, he was he was a protege, so he was already pretty good, you know. Mm -hmm. But then the whole town did a big fundraiser, and we sent him to Spain, and he lived with Andre Segovia for four years. When he wow. came back, he was doing concerts at Royal Albert Hall, you know, he's mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. And so he he was in Laguna one time, and he was looking at my art, and um, he said, you know, you should do a, a guitar, you know, you, you make beautiful pieces, you should you should, you know, make a guitar. And I thought, well, and I am a player i mean i was you know and so i went to this john carruthers and i said i want to make an electric guitar that's a woman's body and he looked at me and rolled his eyes like oh you idiot you know <laughs> but <laughs> but so he gave me a blank yep and a, and a neck that i could put in and out of it you know yep. so that i'd have the perspective mm -hmm. <clears throat> and about a month later i came back with that and he just, his jaw dropped. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm only seeing the pictures. Dropped. And I he would, did. I he would like to see me, You should. Can you see the back of the neck at all? Uh, for which one? The goddess guitar. The goddess, the back of the neck, let me see. No, I don't. I don't okay, the, the, it's, no. it's unbelievably beautiful. He had, he's, he had been collecting wood for you know a, a good part of his life. And he said, he had been saving this one piece of bird's eye maple for a very special guitar. Mm -hmm. And he put that on my, on my guitar and it is, and, and, and the, 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 so the bass guy that built the bass, you know, mm -hmm. he also found an amazing piece of uh, bird's eye maple. Mm -hmm. so, and they put the top quality hardware, you know, the top pickups, the top yeah. frets, the top, you know, everything about it, the, the, the neck custom made both. Mm -hmm. and, and they're both, concert level instruments now that is as important the functionality yes. is as important to me as the aesthetics as the looks i That's wouldn't want to do a guitar just you know just to, to to do it if it didn't i'm a, a little bit of a fuss budget like that i i i want the work to be perfect as perfect as yeah. i possibly oh, can get it, it as, is. you know and when i'm working you know, sometimes if, if I were to just go straight through, I could probably do a guitar in a week, but looking is one of the most important elements as I'm, yes. I, I sit and look for hours. I look at, I put them in the mirror. You, you, you wouldn't believe what you could see. I have a mirror in my studio always so that I can put the pieces in front of the mirror. Uh, I turn them upside down, inside mm -hmm. out, every which way that I can view it. And, and I use negative space, meaning I'm always looking at the edge Yep. of the piece mm -hmm. and, and it's up as i said you know, yeah perfect if you turn it like one degree and yeah. look at the negative space then turn it another degree and you get mm -hmm. everything right and until you've gone 360 and if it looks and then it'll be beautiful oh tommy tommy 
I asked him one time about how he did such beautiful work. And he looked at me for a moment and he said, I found a curve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as long as you find a curve, you're good. I, he gave me, he taught me mm -hmm. and, and I got his hands and his eyes just in time before he died. I mean. Perfect. You were there too for him to pass on his knowledge to you. Now question now we're jumping into this. Have you have an apprentice or somebody who's going to take over what you're doing or well, let me ask? just recently there's a young woman and uh, she is 26 and she's the best graduate I've ever seen from uh, the School of Art and Design in Laguna okay. Beach. She's a sculptor and a painter. Mm -hmm. And she came to our gallery because she wants to study with me. Good. And I said, yeah, but you're already better than I am. And I, so, you know, I, of course you can study with me, I, but, and, you know, she wants to carve and they had, she wants to carve wood and she's a good sized girl, strong, She's probably six feet tall and, 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 and uh, she does beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, she doesn't, like, she asked me to critique one of her pieces and uh, it's a pretty good sized clay piece with two women. Uh, and it's about the, the, the tarot card, the two of swords. And so she asked me to critique it. And I just said, I had two words, finish it because it was already so beautiful. I, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, yeah, there's there's a couple of people that want to do that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yes, I hope so. Because as I said, so those two pieces of guitars are going to be the main event for the man. Because you have been giving an absolutely wonderful, I would say, um, award that's going to go there because you are the main piece of the event as well. Or well, your pieces are you, but the pieces are you actually. It's an extension of you. So, well, you know, when I look back at the work, I can hardly even. I look back and you know, like 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 you. I'm amazed when I look back at the work because mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't feel like it came from me. It came through me. I it know came that through you. Yes, but, but I believe there is some Camille Claudel in there. I believe there I, is Camille Claudel in there because yeah, seriously, I, when I look at your pieces. The, the I, I, I that's why I'm talking so much right now because it's so beautiful. I fell in love, and I said I'm using her hands, Camille Claudel. I believe she might be part of you when you are sculpting because the lines are so pure. The pictures I've got from those two guitars, especially the bass, the the this is the one that I got the most detail of it. The lines are so pure. I don't know how better you can make it this better. That's not possible. What I'm okay. looking at, it's a fine piece of art that you can use and play music, but it's so beautiful. I want it. <laughs> well, we may end up making some. Uh, I, I, well... Okay, you're cutting a little bit right now, but what do you mean by you're going to make some? Are you going to mass produce? Boutique guitar showcase? And he's, it's 325 guitars from 102 countries. And he, it, he, there are some beautiful guitars there, but the, it's laminations and, and, and inlays and things like that. But they're just regular guitars. None of them have faces or boobies or any yeah. of those things. And when, yeah, and so when 
we we were going to ask for a booth, a four foot booth. That's all we wanted at yep. the NAMM show. Yeah. And suddenly this guy, Jamie, calls us and says, well, we got to do a Zoom call. And I'm thinking, God, he could tell us no over a text or a email <laughs> or anything, you know. Why, what is he want on Zoom? What's he going to do, you know? I was a little nervous. So we all got together in the studio and and uh, then Jamie called and and he he uh, he was teasing us. It was funny. He says, well, the show's been sold out, but we're going to do it again in April. So you can, we're all, oh, no. And then he kind of snickers and says, but I do have one cancellation. So I think I can squeeze you in. And now we're like, first he drops us and then he brings us up mm-hmm. to being elated again, you know, and he kept calling me talking real soft I don't know. He, he said so Dr. Hernandez could you do me a favor I've seen your work and because humanity has been beat up these last couple of years with the, the, the pandemic and yeah. the wars yeah. that's a very uplifting piece your emergence mm-hmm. I think you could bring it to the show and my my jaw hit the floor I mean mm-hmm. it was what what and so everybody else in the gallery is, is doing quiet high fives. Like we, we didn't know how to act. I certainly didn't know how to act. And then he puts a floor plan of the, the boutique, the, the showcase. Yeah. And the cursor goes right to the middle. He says, you're going to be right here in the yeah. middle. So first of all, an endorsement from that guy who is mm-hmm. as famous a uh, guitar critic as there is, that endorsement right there is really valuable. Yes. And then to have my piece, it's going to be the only sculpture in the show. Yeah. And I found out yesterday or day before, maybe it was yesterday, uh, that they, they're, they're, we're getting juried and that I have a shot at being best of show. And I think I'm, I, with the look, I, I just got a video of the bass being played. It's all strung up. It sounded so beautiful. I'll send it to, over to you, Mike. The, the, the video of the bass, the first time it's being played and it's extraordinary. And it looks even better with the strings on it and, and all, you know. Oh, everything. I'm I not surprised. Everything. I am not surprised. Yeah, either. it looks even, I mean, mm-hmm. as, as soon as I'm oh, done. Nick, I've gotta, I gotta ask, how many times in the past 72 hours have you pinched yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, well, about, I get the goosebumps about 20 times a day. I can hardly, and, and then I got a, a, they gave me a certificate saying, you're now a member of the most exclusive guitar making club in the world. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, it's like my fourth international. It feels like when yes. I got my doctorate. It feels like when I got the Medici medal. Yes. feels like when I got the, the best of show in New York. You know, it feels like one of those big, and I've done two Guggenheim shows where I curated and exhibited. It feels like the, that, you know, when mm-hmm. it's, it's such an honor to, to yes. I, I just gets me. Your, your art is so beautiful. To be to be honest with you, the pieces I've seen are so amazing and beautiful. I am glad the world is recognizing what you're doing. It's the beautiful moment for you and whomever you're channeling. Because as I said, the purity yeah. of the lines. I'm sorry, but that is the old days. I'm talking two centuries ago. <laughs> and that's what's amazing is for you to be able to do that and channel it 
it's beautiful. Those pieces are amazing. I will spend hours like I would done, like a half an hour because I had no choice. Otherwise, I think people would have arrested me at the road and museum if I wanted to stay longer on the front of those hands. But I will stay for hours to just look at those guitars. They are beautiful. The curves, everything is so beautiful and magical. I look at it, I said, I've not seen perfection that way for a very long time. And I've Thank seen you. museum and sculptures. Sure. And I'm not saying I'm an art expert, but I love arts and I do my own arts. But that, to see that level, I have not seen it in a very it's, long it's, time. It's, those three pieces together mm -hmm. are incredibly powerful. Oh, yes. They are. And I don't usually, I don't like tooting my own horn, you know. This is, it, you'll find this funny. When I was at the Florence Biennale, there are 890 artists, 889 of them had cards, DVDs, catalogs, yep. postcards. I had a scratch pad and a pencil. Exactly. And at my people, when they saw that, they bought, they went out and ordered me cards that day. Okay. And I just said, God, that's so nice of you, but see ya. Yep. Not going to use them. Yep. I still don't have cards. Yep. And I still, I've never, ever, advertise myself there i haven't even put on social media yet that i'm featured artist at the nam show i haven't done i'm gonna do it today because Good. now everybody is on my case it's like come on yeah it's time. <laughs> well they, and they, uh, they, nick just so you know i figured you might get some backlash on uh catching up on the social media promotion side uh -huh. and uh, i'll be calling you here later today when you have time and i think we've got something big that we can uh Get together for the nom show and actually encapsulate and capture all these moments for a way to reflect back on them for your future endeavors so that 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 would be that that would be great i you know look i just like yesterday they did a a uh oh, what's that thing on facebook uh the facebook live the what a Facebook live? What did they yeah, do? Yeah, the Facebook. Oh, yeah. The, live or real? Oh God, no! You know the Instagram. God, I can't. Oh, Instagram. Oh, Instagram. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So okay. they did an Instagram from Woods Cove Gallery, mm -hmm. but uh, the owner was out of town, and he had told the gallery manager, "Make sure that you get Nick's approval." Okay. And uh, so he started, and I said, "Take my name off of there. Just say Woods Cove Gallery is going to be at the Nam Show." And uh, you know he, that that's what he did. I don't go chasing any kind of you know notoriety. You know, and and we see it. And since I'm you know first time we're meeting and we're in what our after close to an hour close to two hours talking. No, you're pretty much down to earth. You're not somebody who's uh, has an ego. You don't have any gore. If you do have it, it's probably not showing up right now. But what we see is the beauty. What you don't need to advertise anything because your art speaks for itself. My goal in art mm -hmm. is to make the most beautiful pieces that have ever and been you made. Are. You are. I, I must say you do. So yeah, I I just just I'm chasing the beauty. You know, um, art mm -hmm. to me is is to celebrate and uplift yes. humanity. And you are. And that's what is so beautiful. That's 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 my goal. That's all I can, you know, that it has been from the very beginning. From mm -hmm. the you know, it took a while, but um 
you know, sometimes sometime we got to go through maturity and be ready to do something. So for you to being able at age 46 to just turn around and just say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to finally follow something that really close to my heart. That is beautiful. And it shows something to other people who maybe they're in their 40s, 50s, or 60s and like, what am I going to do? Well, follow your heart. It's never too late. So for me, it's a good thing well you know you know kandinsky and miro mm -hmm. yes okay they were both teachers yes and they were both 50 before yes. they started painting yes and deepak chopra has said this he said uh 50 is the beginning of your most important and real life agree 46 when i started and by the time i was 50 mm -hmm. i was in the white house yep. and I, you know, I was off and running on, a, on an artistic career. Yeah. And I think to be a fine artist, um, not only do you need the skills for whatever medias you are doing, but you need the maturity of a life. Exactly. You exactly. need, the, you need that. I mean, that's, it's, a, mm -hmm. that's what fine that's art. That's the key. Yeah, that is the key. It, it, and so. And it, it was shows you. It shows in your heart, art actually, because you transfer what you want to express, your intentions, you're transferring it to the piece. And a lot of people don't understand that. When I was younger and I started to draw because it's from generation to generation, uh, my grandfather, as I earlier mentioned, was a, he, was, he was a mason, okay? But he was doing on the side some sculptures. So every one of us from a generation to the next one has inherited some of this. And my arts, my drawings, I looked at it when I was younger. I, I never transferred the emotion in there because I didn't know how to do it and I never did. But as I mature and I start to do the arts and I mature and I picked it up later on, I realize I'm able now to transfer my intention, the emotion yep. into the drawings that I'm doing. Yep. Same thing here. When I'm looking at the pieces, the emotion, the, that's why I got goosebumps. When I saw the emergence and I saw the guitars, I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. I'm going to go to the NAM show and I'm going to go and break over there. I don't care if it's at the center of the room. I'm going to go and chase after those pieces. The emotions are there. And you can yes. feel yeah, it. The, the, yes. And I'm a rather emotional guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, but also... Another element that's really important is meditation. Yes. And I've been meditating since I was like 18. And, and mm -hmm. now I won't even, it, it's, as, it's as important as any of my functions in life. I mean, yeah. these pieces are all born of and supported on a daily basis by meditation. Exactly. I, that is a key to accessing everything mm -hmm. um, for me. Yep. And I, it, it's an important, you know, you know, keeps me in, in, in centered. So that's a, a critical element. And I'm, I'm grateful and for what I. And that's wonderful. You're being able to connect with your inner self, with the universe and being able to really translate into well, see, the material, what you want to express, which well, is amazing. See the bass guitar? I know, I want that bass guitar. Stop to talk about the bass see guitar. The head? It's becoming a problem. I know, which one? Hold on. The bass guitar, me. see the, the face? How it looks in? Yes, actually, I yes. It, 
I call it the inner vision bass guitar. Yes, it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I, Michael, remember that this mine. <laughs> Sorry to say, but mine. Oh, and then Nick, uh, you did mention something of. Uh, possibly making others where you're going to be doing like uh are you hand making each individuals are you going to do a cnc cut of specifics of each guitar uh i know our connection got kind of cut when we were talking about that okay yes i i it, it, see, right now there's so many different possibilities at the nam show and we're flying blind i mean there some of the big guys some of the you know like gibson or fender or or some they might buy us out you know, for a lot of money, you know, at the NAMM show, they say in three days, they figure $3.1 billion is going to change hands over a mm -hmm. billion a day. It's the world's biggest show. And yeah. I am now they're advertising. You should see it's embarrassing. They said, Oh, famous orange County Laguna beach sculptor, Dr. Nick Hernandez is going to be, you know, and they're, they're, they're advertising that I'm the, the featured artist at the show. Which is wonderful. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I even saying it is difficult. I mean, just. I mean, it's it's just I. You know. Who, okay. So, question for you because when they're gonna play, so those guitars are ready to be to be used, or somebody's gonna play on it. So, who is the artist over there who's gonna? Well, I, I we don't know. Somebody told me uh, the manager of Carlos Santana said that. He would. He's gonna try and get Carlos to play it, but oh, they'll be, be Yeah, and then already um, Phil Goff, who is uh, the guitar player for my son's band, but he's also the guitar player for the English Beat. He's okay. played it in concert at our studio, and mm -hmm. another Tommy Benson, a, a brilliant jazz player. I mean, he's our connection to the Nam. He has played it, and when he was done, he hugged it in front of the microphone and said, "I love this guitar. I just love See? this guitar." <laughs> And he's a, a <laughs> top professional a jazz player. So I know that it it, it served its purpose. And oh, so it's, it's answer your question, Mike, I'm um, when after the show, we're going to take the bass apart and uh, we're going to go have it laser scanned. So uh, a three axis or a five axis CNC machine can make the bodies and, and oh, they nice. can make it, you know, they can cut it. It'll also cut out the wells for the pickups. The, the well for the neck, mm -hmm. you know, the all the uh, the tunnels for the elect electronics, all that, and we're gonna do that. But I'm gonna make another. I, I can't do that on the goddess guitar. I can do that for the bass. So if you notice on the goddess guitar, there's no knobs. You yeah. know, there's two knobs, one for volume and, and one for tone on the bass. Yeah. But on the uh, goddess, there there wasn't enough room. So and it's not really. I mean, it plays beautifully, but it's not a player's guitar. It's not a guitar that somebody would want to go yeah, concert. Yeah. So I'm going to make one more, but it, it'll be probably three quarters of an inch wider on either side. That'll give me enough room for two uh, knobs, which puts it in the realm of a professional player. And that's what we're going to sell. Now, but somebody, again, we don't, somebody is saying that there's a, a woman named Pink. Do you know Pink? Yes, I do, and I love her. She's good. Is she? Yes. Okay, so somebody is saying that she's been told something about it, and she might want one in pink. Oh, that would be awesome oh, if you do. 
Oh, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, she's huge. And she's a beautiful artist, Pink. She's the one, who, she's the only female, only artist that I know who can sing, because she do a lot of acrobatics. She's a great singer, really very well known around the world. A lot of people, she's a beautiful woman. And she's the only one that I know, only female that I know, only artist that I know that she used trapeze when she's doing her show. It's, it's phenomenal <laughs> what she does. She is an athlete. And she, she can sing upside down, which nobody can do what she can do. Guitars. She needs one of my guitars. Absolutely. Yes, she does. And she Absolutely. plays. And she does yes. play. Yeah, she's a brilliant artist, brilliant oh, yes. performer, brilliant mm -hmm. choreographer. Does she play bass? I, I wouldn't be surprised she could play seven instruments. Yeah, yeah, because I saw her playing guitars, but I don't, I don't remember if you, which one it was. But okay. she is that good. Yeah, if, you can, if you can play around on an electric, you can dab around yeah. on a bass. It just comes <laughs> it yeah. comes with the territory. You may She's... not excel at both, but one can definitely mess around with the other. <laughs> she She's yeah. phenomenal. So I would say I like her very much as an artist, as a human being. Um, she had something on uh, Amazon on Prime where they recorded her during her tour. And she's a perfectionist, which I love to see the behind the scenes. And she's a perfectionist. She is a wonderful person. So uh, that is wonderful. If you can make one for her, trust me. That, that oh, yeah. Her, you'll yeah. want to you'll set one. some time for that if you get that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I'm thinking is that uh, I, I, it's a lot of work. So I'd, I'd be willing to do maybe two more by hand. And then uh, I, I, I've got... Uh, other sculptures sitting there screaming at me in my studio. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting when I'm alone in my studio, it feels like the impressionist artists are right there with me. Sometimes I almost turn around and it's like they're saying, you know, it's your turn for a while. I would not um, be surprised. That's what I felt. But I, I yeah, that's how, how I feel. And that they're kind of patting me on the butt saying come on it's your turn now for a minute and and i it seems like that's how it's unfolding it feels uh, to me uh your art is more european french slash italian so i have a feeling absolutely. the spirit of those guys are with you because that's what i felt as i said looking at what you have done with those three pieces i've well, not seen the other pieces you've got it totally spoke to me and more european than anything else that's why it's so beautiful yeah, I, I think so. It's well, I'm, I'm in the direct lineage of Constantine Brancusi, okay? okay, because he was the first, he was in Paris with Picasso and you know, mm -hmm. the Impressionist. And then uh, Sir Henry Moore studied with uh, Brancusi, and mm -hmm. then Noguchi studied with Sir Henry Moore. My teacher studied with Noguchi. And so I am direct lineage from that crew of artists. Yeah. And uh, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> and I'm but, not surprised about it either because that's why it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the work is the work is good. Mm -hmm. I, I I will say, you know, I'll, I'll give that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say the pieces are beautiful, so yes. It's amazing. So what's next? So you got the NAM show coming. So it's going to be an amazing show for you. You're, you're basically the centerpiece of uh, the artist of the year, which is wonderful for your art as a sculptor, which is beautiful. A lot of people are going to be 
it's three days of madness because again I, like you said it's a bigger show uh for um the national uh, association of music merchants so everybody from around the world which is fantastic you're on a verge to and like you said you're going to be uh, scanning uh, laser scanning uh, the guitars and it's it's there's a lot yeah. of possibilities unless, for that. unless uh somebody buys this out and there is that possibility that you know and then then there's another possibility somebody could hire me to do more i mean oh. you know so i could come up with another concept possibly and then there's a uh, the possibility of you know where where i really would like to end up is being yeah. uh at some university as um a, a dean of fine art i would love that uh i think you know tommy took care of it of, of me you know being intellectual enough for that yes. i've got the doctorate i've got the history and so sometime that would be what i would at, at this point in time that's what i would love i i had an offer at one point from chapman they were going to do an annex down in uh, uh san jose del cabo mm -hmm. and uh, dr dodi asked me if i'd be interested in being the dean of fine arts and i said <laughs> Well, yes, of course, you know, in a in, in paradise, but then all the drug wars and all the murders started yeah. happening. So they canceled, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> even though they've cleaned that up now, because that's where my son lives now. Mm -hmm. But I um, something like that would be, you know, where I could really help pass on what I know and mentor some kids, you know, would be. Uh, I, I couldn't think of anything better. You know so question i have for you they offer to you and there is no beach or water are you going to turn it down or are you going to say yes because uh, you've been living by the water for a very long time we, we heard that answer loud and clear <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm asking yeah <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't that's a toughie that's a I real because i've been around from the time i was born i was born in san francisco and, and then mm -hmm. santa monica and then you know laguna for 50 some years now and i'm a water baby that's for sure so so set your intention to become a dean but it has to be by the water by the oceans by the sure, sea there's somewhere enough, there's enough universities around you know for that to happen and uh so yeah that that's that would be one one good possibility so after the NAM uh, show, what is your next project? Are you working on something specific or you have to go back to your studio and see all of the pieces screaming at you and say, I'm next? Yeah, well, I uh, I do have a couple, like three, five pieces that I would love to finish, but I can't say what's happening after the NAM show because I could go, they, they're already talking about next year. Yeah. And they're already talking about, because they put these shows on, like, you know, uh, London, uh, Berlin, mm -hmm. uh, Hong Kong, yep. you know, all over the world. Yeah. And so they want me to take my work mm -hmm. and, and travel. Yeah. Which, so that's, that's one possibility. Uh, mm -hmm. Another possibility is, well, I, I can't say, you know, there's infinite possibilities, you know, and I, I love uh 
teaching the kids about art and I tell them you should practice an art, whether you're going to be an artist or not, that's not exactly. important. But in art, there's an infinite number of ways to dab on some paint or an infinite mm -hmm. number of ways to cut a piece of wood or to chip out a marble. And so you're, you're, you're practicing this infinite possibilities. You're practicing that. That's what art does. And that's, you know, I had this, uh, I had this fantasy when I first started, you know, one day I'm going to be so good. I can just knock out a piece, you know, no problem. And yet every single piece I've ever done feels like the first piece. Mm -hmm. And it's, it feels I'm the same kind of trepidation, the same fears pop up, the same kind of, of uh, worrying. Oh man. You know, and sometimes it's, what's the word painful comes to mind. Um, when I'm starting, you know, it, it, it's yep. like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's never eased up. Yep. It's always hard. <laughs> yep. It's a verse. You have to make a verse it's become a verse. And when you stop, then you can go into the flow, but that's always the first uh, step. The yeah. Hardest and, and, mm -hmm. So, and right now I feel like this show is going to take me somewhere I, and I have no clue where. That's I awesome. No, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm free floating at this point Good. in time. I'm, I'm, you know, it's that they say to live like the Buddhists mm -hmm. say to live like you just jumped off a cliff and you're just floating yes. and, you know, and, and just no, no worries. And right now that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I mm -hmm. looking just, just before I, I got on with you looking at my base and hearing it for the first time was extraordinary. When I saw the pictures, day before yesterday that was extraordinary oh it is getting awesome. getting these uh, doing this with you is extraordinary i mean everything right now is extraordinary <laughs> that's, that's all i could i i'm 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 living in a, in a in a state of gratitude and and uh and wonder and and that's it because i don't know what's gonna happen I don't even have a fantasy, you know, I have about, well, you're living your dream, you're living the dream. And what I love when we talk about living the dream is going with the flow. It's not trying to control everything because you can't and people spending their time to try to control are basically closing the door for opportunities. And right now you're wide open, which is beautiful. Your exactly. next, the next step will happen at the NAM after NAM, there's going to be change of direction. There's going to be something beautiful happening. But it's all about the arts. It's all about the guitars and being able to bring so much joys. You know, when people are gonna uh, people are gonna touch. I have a feeling that it's gonna be like everybody's gonna want to touch those guitars. It's gonna be a fight over this. I want to touch it. I want to. But it's gonna be beautiful, and the person who's gonna be playing it's gonna feel the power, but the, not the power of I'm more powerful. The power of the beauty, the love. Whatever you create, it's going to come and try. Even right now, I'm speaking about it and I'm having goosebumps, but it's the beauty, it's the love. They're going to feel what you made it with love. They're going to feel that love. They're going to feel what it took you and the emotion to, to make it. And that's what is going to be beautiful. That's what they're going to play. And they're going to, it's very empowering to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. They, I, I got lucky and, and they came out beautiful. well it's not luck it's it for me it's not luck well luck is another way of perfect synchronicity 
but it's the beauty is you you allow allow yourself to be guided when you made them yes that's so beautiful you did not try to control it like you said at the beginning you learn you know with your tools uh you you set your intentions and you get your tools your tools has the power some powers you your material itself had the powers as well Absolutely. and you and you added your uh your intent your you added that open uh, um i was said open door for everything to come together yeah i yes um because like i said at 10 to 15 percent mm-hmm. and it happens in like like yes. five seconds, all of a sudden yes. I just go, <gasps> I can yes. use this electric charge and the piece yes. even though it's hardly formed, you know, it's- You just, already knew it because you've been guided. Just, and then I, just, I, yes. I go with the flow. I, yes. it, the, the pieces do me. Exactly. I do like I do the pieces. They're yeah. doing, I mean, I'm just a tool. I'm just you're like the a tool. tool. Yes, you're, you're the tool where I, I said, Camille Claudel and whomever is about, because I know Camille Claudel, as I said, I, I don't, I said it yesterday and now I understand why I say Camille Claudel because she's part of it. Everything you're doing, she is helping through you to do yeah. it. But there is yeah. others into it as well, which is beautiful. And you're seeing the end of the pieces and everybody, I believe, everybody who are, who are going to be touching those pieces are going to feel it. They're going to feel those pieces are beautiful, but there is something bigger behind it because it comes from the universe. It doesn't come, like you said, it's not like I decided I did this. No, you went with the flow. It's, you learn to hop on the flow and be guided by it. Yes. Which is beautiful. Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, it, it is. It's it's uh, having the base is going to feel like having a baby in my arms. You know, I I, I get to hold it. Yeah. In a and, few minutes, you know, and uh, and then the Nam show. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're already trying to figure out how they're going to dress me. How about because yeah? You need I, to be dressed properly. You cannot go with flip flop shoes and uh, nope. Well, I because I just wear Levi's and a T-shirt. I, you know, I just am not a clothes horse. When when I when I was presented to Hillary Clinton, I was up in San Francisco, and the Doug Boxer and his wife Amy, they all call me Papa Nick. As a matter of fact, Hillary calls me Papa Nick, <laughs> and I was with her a couple of different times. Says, oh, Papa, you know, I'm like, oh, no, God. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, they said, okay, we're, we're, we're going to get ready. So I, I brought, I had uh, like a new pair of Levi's and a, a shirt and I walked into their front room and they said, oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> they said, and there were two gay guys living, living up above them. And so they took me up there and they dressed me like, they put me in a, like a $1,600, jacket and a $500 pair of shoes and the yep. sizes were all right. And so they dressed me because I, I'm just, it's just not something I do, you know? Well, I'd say that right there would be your safe bet. Get them to dress you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, well, they, they're already talking about that, you know, okay, we're going to dress you, you know, like you idiot. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I, I don't. I... It's going to be beautiful. I, I do know it's going to be powerful for you to be over there and just see your arts 
and seeing uh, people who play and renowned people who are going to be able to touch that guitar and whomever is going to play. I hope it's Carlos Santana, to be honest with you, because I love Carlos Santana. But it's going to yeah. be amazing. It's going to be beautifully amazing. And the people, as I said, anyone who's going to touch, even look at your arts with those two guitars, are going to feel the emotion. They're going to feel how powerful it is. It's going to be very humbling for people to look at them and just it speaks to it, to people. It spoke to me via a picture. So I cannot imagine if I'm on the front of it. I probably would need a chair to sit down and just stare at it. And well, you know what they're crossed. doing? What? They're going to put stanchions around our table all around. Oh, yeah. So that nobody can touch it with those velvet. I know ropes. because they are going to be touching it. I'm telling you, I would be near <laughs> it. I want to put my hands on it just to feel, feel it because it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, um, at the museums where I've shown and the, and the art galleries, um, I tell the docents always let the people touch, just tell them to please be careful with their rings or their watches, things like that. Yeah. And, and in all these years, I've never had a piece get hurt ever. People like to touch my work. Mm -hmm. It's very sensual. And, you know, they love, I had a blind guy come up to me one time <laughs> and, and he said he, he, he had somebody take, a, a, yeah. a, take him and tour all my work and he felt all my work. And, and he comes up to me and he says, I want to congratulate you. I want to scold you. And we did a scold. And then he says, you love beautiful women, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. And I That's said, wonderful. well, yeah. Who, oh. You know, and, and, and when, oh, this, there's some, like I'm dating right now. One of the most beautiful women I've ever dated. And it reminds me of a story in Mexico. In 2020, I was carving a Buddha face and down in Mexico. And all of a sudden, I hear, hear this big splash, like, <laughs> like over and over. And I'm looking out. It's coming from the ocean. I couldn't tell. I was like, what in the world is this? And I was looking straight out. And then when I look south, maybe 15 degrees, I see these manta rays jumping way up into the air and come splashing down and it kind of confused me you know but i mean they were maybe 20 yeah. yards offshore and they were just so i googled it because i was confused what you know what is this so i googled it and it's a mating ritual oh. uh, and it's only the the the, the ma males that do the, the fly and make a splash and the females are underwater so it's just like our society the the guy that makes the biggest splash gets the most beautiful woman yep, exactly <laughs> exactly and i'm like this woman comes into my life and i'm like again it's like oh i'm not worthy i'm not worthy there's not a prayer I, you know the first couple of times it was like no because she's also 20 years younger than i am and i'm like oh well uh i mean i'm scared to death <laughs> and now we're together a lot all the time and and then and you know one of the most exciting things for her is she's going to the nam with me you know yeah it's like dances around and she's so excited and you know she's talking about what to wear and all that kind of stuff and i and you know so yeah that that doesn't hurt uh a bit <laughs> <laughs> good to know so for the ladies who are listening sorry nick is speaking 
Well, guys, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't say that because she's going to be upset if you don't say that. It would be like, what? Oh, that would be no, terrible. I mean, no, it's her choice. Okay. It's not mine. All right. And so uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm along for the ride if, 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 if she allows it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, th these things just all of a sudden, my, my whole life just turned around with this NAM show thing again, again, for the like millionth time, it seems. And I never exaggerate. But that's good. That's wonderful. We I will we'll make sure we follow up with you later on and see what happened and the NAM show for sure. Okay. Uh, and to see those beautiful pieces. So if people want to see your art, it's only uh, in Laguna, then you expose your arts or do we, there is other places that have your well, well, if you Google me, yeah, it comes up, you know, there, and I did have a website and then somebody stole my website. You know what I call oh. my studio? Yeah, and then they wanted $1,600 to give it back to me. And so I told them to, you know. Keep it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. it, you can keep it. And, and uh, I call my studio, and or my art, the the I, 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 it's called spirit form. Oh, and I know that's an oxymoron oh. because spirit has no form, but it's the attempt. Actually, spirit has many forms. I would say. You could say that too. Yeah, <laughs> I would say spirit has many forms. I don't know why, but that just when you said the words, I'm like to me, I saw a curve actually. You showed me a curve. Yeah, so and, I'm like, yeah, that is true. I mean, mm -hmm. so my that's where I make my form poems in my studio yeah there it's just poetry is mm -hmm. the closest so, thing so people can see your art in laguna um and if they want at, to at woods cove gallery woods, if you go to woods cove fine art gallery and studio woods cove studio and fine art anyway mm -hmm. woods cove gallery is and people... laguna and then they have a website and that's where my stuff is all on okay. right now so if somebody wants to commission something from you, can they do that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But I don't think like right this minute, I'm not going to take any commissions because I don't know what's going to happen. You know? So after the NAM show, which is on the, um, June uh, 3rd to the 5th mm -hmm. in Guggenheim, uh, maybe people can connect with you Absolutely. and then, see what will happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And because um, well, I just, you know, I just don't know. I, I don't, and, I, and okay. I try and have fantasies about what might happen. And for some reason, I'm not. I, I just don't. I, I, it, it's just nothing. I just see a pretty sky. That's a good and sign. You, the you, pretty sky, my book. You keep doing that because the energies are going to bring those around that are supposed to be and want to be. And uh, that's the system I've been working on. We have a way to collect them and sort them out to see how bad you want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's going to be very chaotic uh, in an amazing good way and overwhelming and many yeah, and other if, adjectives. If I, if I store <laughs> a lot of money, for instance, I've already, that I can fantasize about because the first thing I want to do is just give it all away and, you know, and, and try and help, try and help people, you know, kind of like, um, 
Muhammad Ali, you know, and he says, just trying to figure out how to get to heaven, you know, mm-hmm. but I'd say right now I'm there. Knock on wood. Oh, I really want to, you know, I, I mean, right now, I, I, I just don't, how could, how could anybody be more joyous? I just don't see it. And I, I, I you know, but, but who knows what, what's coming? Uh, anyway, the world could use a lot of help. And I, I've always, you know, when I got my doctorate, that turns things around because I learned two things about my doctorate when I got it. And it, and it hit me hard. But the first thing was that now I can't screw up anymore. Okay, that's out the window. Okay, the other thing is I can help. And I've gotten six kids into Chapman, poor, smart kids with full grants and scholarships. Two of them have gotten doctorates. And to me, that's better than either of the guitars. My my feet are are eight, 10 feet off the ground every time I get a new kid in, because I know that they're going to pay it forward. Exactly. And, and, And at the Florence Biennale, because I was a medal winner, you become an associate mm-hmm. and they urge you to find talent. Yeah. And I've gotten three painters and three sculptors approved from the internal committee of the Florence Biennale. And once you're approved, you're approved for life. And yeah. you become a listed artist. And so, and I'm taking four with me the, the next time. Maybe you guys want to go with us. Um, in October, I believe, of 2023, because it's every odd year, we're going to go, we're going to rent a villa, uh, and uh, it is a blast. It's a nine-day thing because they open on like actually fr- Saturday morning through the following Sunday. So it's nine days and the whole city celebrates. Mm-hmm. The whole city of Florence. I mean, it's nothing. Oh, my God. They, every, every night, somebody, they made a reservation for me to, to be there, uh, uh, you know, go to dinner. They'd take me to dinner, you know, these different guys. Nice so yeah. we'd go into a restaurant. And then after a while, somebody would say in our crew, and a lot of times, a lot of people went with us, but sometimes they would say, oh, he is the Biennale artist. Oh my God, the whole restaurant would clap. The mm-hmm. whole restaurant, they'd come out with mandolins <laughs> and sing and buy us drinks and dessert. And so I was, that never happens in the States. You know, no. you <laughs> States, and, and they, they say, well, how do you really make a living? You know, what do you really do? They, they look down at you like you're, you're some kind of stupid, you know? You know, oh, you're an artist. Well, just shut up, you know, get out of here. <laughs> and that's what, but in Italy, and especially in Florence, everywhere we went, it was like I was being celebrated, you know, as, as uh, something special. And uh, so I, I, this is happening right now again, you know, because of, uh, it's everybody is acting like I'm I'm special right now, like you know, and and uh, I think for me when I look at it is uh, you're special, yes, because you're able to transcend and you're able to let yourself be the object to materialize something that is out of perspective for anyone that is just beautiful, evenly beautiful. So for me, yes, you're special because you know how to channel it. That's well, what you have to see. Yeah, I, you know, what, one, one of the things I've seen is that the great ones, 
never stop getting better. Exactly. It's like wine. But I have seen so many artists, they get to a certain point and they're getting, you know, some decent recognition and, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of good input and they taper off. And they, then they just, they said, they stop rising. They just yes. are kind of flatline and suddenly yeah. they're going horizontal to the ground instead of yeah. vertically rising. But the ones that do that are the ones that start thinking they're somebody, the ones mm -hmm. that build their own egos. Yeah. And then the quality just disappears. Yes. And I've seen that happen and I don't want it to happen. Well, so, it's because, and the problem here in the generation we're living in too, is depends who is your entourage. Because if you have the wrong people around you, that will basically stop you to continue to grow and mature. And that's what makes a difference too. Like you said, you're meditating every day. That makes a difference. You're staying mm -hmm. grounded. You don't get um, impressed by any shiny object. You just who you are. So at least you got that. You got the maturity, like you said, you didn't start to do the sculpture until you were 46. And you said one thing in there, it was the maturity, which I was ready to say before you said, I was ready to open my mouth and say maturity. And you said the maturity. The problem yep. is when you see people who are starting younger, the maturity is not there. So the road for them is gonna be a little bit more treacherous because they're gonna have to learn the bad way what it really means maturity when the growth is not there and the people that's supposed to surround them are not doing justice to them so that's right. what makes a difference in my view uh, like the young woman that i told you about that wants to study with me yes it's interesting like her figurative realism is she's as good as i am mm -hmm. uh you know it, it, with figurative realism like i've, I've done a bust of obama looks exactly like him i've done several busts uh, you know and they all I, I, I don't care for it figurative portraiture is not my bag yeah what i'm interested in but i'm I, I can do it the thing about her name is rowan the thing about her is she doesn't have the maturity she doesn't have the the court mileage as we used to say i used to teach tennis i taught i, I coached the high school tennis team for like 20 some years back in the day and uh you know, we, we talk about if you want to get better, it's court mileage, mm -hmm. you know, and that court mileage is um, critical to being able to uh, access th these, these uh, you know, a lot of it's emotional control. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I... I, I she will I'm, get there. She's learning it, right now. I think there. I believe the way she's learning is to do first the physical thing as the emotion will come later on which yeah. is fine but well, she, she will thinks that, she thinks that i'm like the bomb you know she's like oh but your work is special and your work and i'm like that's you know but your work is also special and you're also you know she's really good but she just doesn't have she hasn't been beat up enough <laughs> you know <laughs> oh my God. i would say you know when i started to transfer that it took with the age because for me, being able to transfer the emotion, that's why I said when I'm, if I do painting or anything, and I, I learned it in a kitchen, in my kitchen, it was quite interesting, actually, because I did a mural. I've done murals in my house, which I love to do that. And uh, one day I was very angry. I wasn't in a good mood. And I did one, and that was to be the continuity of the other wall. And when I was done, I looked at it, I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. I had to, <laughs> to clean it up. 
cover it up. I'm like, well, I learned today, do not do anything artistic when you're not in a good mood because it does transfer. But the transfer will probably will come later on for her when she's going to continue to mature and grow. Yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you, me personally, yep. I don't like being, you know, I don't, I don't like uh, being bummed out. Yep. But man, I've done some beautiful work when I was in the depths of being, mm -hmm. you know, when I had a, 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 an ex-girlfriend dump me and I, it was unexpected and I had the blues, I mean, big time. Mm -hmm. And it was only going into the studio that I found a way out, you know, by pounding on the, on the wood and then just being vigorous. It's, it's, it's vigorous. It's a hard, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it's not easy. And so, uh, I, I, I did do some really beautiful work when I was sick at heart. And I don't. yeah, I mean, You're good for I, you. I, I, I prefer being happy, you know. Yes, me too. And I've done beautiful work when I'm happy, but there's some times when I was in the dregs, and uh, I, I produced some. I remember I did that with Chelsea. I was really bummed out while I was working on Chelsea, and uh, all of a sudden bunch of wonderful ideas popped mm -hmm. out you know and and I would you know so when I finally finished um I again I look back and and, and uh, I don't even I can't even judge my work to tell you the truth because I only go by what people the, the reaction I see on people's face yes because I yeah. don't I don't even trust the words because yeah. the, the, the 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 initial you know look on their face tells me everything yep and she saw oh, me last night <laughs> i would give you the translation of what i said earlier today to you yeah. when we're having a conversation because you would see my face you would understand it's like okay so go it's beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah and and uh, all i see in my art uh even the base i was looking at the base and i i have about eight or nine places where I could have done better. And I see, that's all I see. You know, I, I screwed up here and I screwed up there and I really, and then one lady, an art critic said, Nick, you really don't have the right to do that to people. If they like your art, let them and stop telling them about how terrible it is. And so, because I would do that. It's, oh no, I could have, I should have, would have, you know. And so that, made me feel a lot better but then I shared a studio with another artist and he said something to me that was profound and he said that the fact that all we ever see is what we could have done better yeah. that's called um divine dissatisfaction mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful thing actually yes. you know to, I think to, it's good because it keeps you yourself grounded Actually. yeah and, and it keeps it, it 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 keeps you evolving yes you know that yeah. it, it, it it's so i mean little by little you get better and better mm -hmm. and, and so that that divine dissatisfaction it's a phrase i i, I teach my kids you know and, and i always when i do lectures um something to embrace it's something to exactly. embrace in yourself and, and i don't need to say it to anybody anymore now no. because now everybody goes woo 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 all the time yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> but there is another thing too, as a master, and you know, being and I remind people when I talked about it, being a master, that doesn't mean you can sit on your laurier and say, okay, I don't know that I'm good. But a master continue to learn because we're still student of life no matter what. So if you keep that student of life mentality and continue to improve from one piece to the next one, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's the magic. For me, it's the magic. So yes. that's what it is. Well. Thank you for taking the time today to speak with us seriously because this this was an amazing conversation with you and you know what we're going to be waiting patiently to see what's going to happen at the uh at the conference at the nam conference oh my god emma can and, you believe it see, again, every time you say it, it I, <laughs> I start to flip out and i get chills again i just did it again right now I am telling you, those pieces are beautiful and a lot of people are going to be in awe and I will not be surprised if big artists are going to be asking to go to, to play with the guitars. I believe they are, they're going to be asking for it. I can, I can hardly wait. Wow. Okay, gonna, listen, I, I, uh, I, I better go. I've got some things. Okay, okay. well, but we, we're going to let you go. And Take we'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. Take the call. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. I loved it. Thank you, Emma. Yeah, bye. Uh -huh.